Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. It is Sarah K. Ramsey and I asked Cynthia Damore on a second date because our first date went so well on dating. And I know if you heard her last interview with me, then you're like, oh, yay, she's back because we talk all things dating. Cynthia is an empowerment coach who helps successful women attract love without dimming their light. Do not dim your light for the men folk um, or settling down. Uh, One of the things she talked about in the last thing I will mention every time (laughs) that we speak is most women are not picky enough. You are not too picky and someone's probably using the flip on you to tell you to lower your expectations so they don't have to raise their behavior. You're not too picky. Um, She went on 300 dates in 11 months with 300 men and before meeting her Mr. 301 at Mr. Right. And that was before online dating. So we're going to have to talk this time about how you how you landed that many dates. And she is coming out on February 2021, the Successful Women's Guide to Delicious Dating. Hey, Cynthia, how are you? Good, Sarah. So happy to be back. Oh, so happy to have you back. We, yeah, we get asked on the second date. So, so let's talk about how in the world you managed to land 300 dates that, without online dating. That's impressive. You know, it was, um, it was an interesting transformation because it happened like overnight. And back then they had um, ads, classified ads for love. Uh-huh. And they had this new technology called voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> And the first, I don't know, 50 or 60, I did that way. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that there was a ton of men in the world and I could be choosier. And I just started walking around because I knew that I was, I would say, worthy of love or that getting a date was easy. And I decided to own it. Mm-hmm. And my God, Sarah, I would go to the grocery store and have three dates walking out. Thank you. People like, where did you find men? I was like, at the car wash, at the grocery store. Like I was open. I made myself approachable. So it seems like, you know, you start up conversations and end up with dates. Yep, absolutely. And it, I actually had all of them ask me out except the last one, which was James, my husband. Yeah, so that was really interesting too. Oh, um, so did you ask him out? Just sort of. We met at a convention uh-huh. and uh, he was, when I first met him, I thought he was a weirdo. Uh-huh. He had way crazy hair and I'm like, oh, please. But he had a convertible and just had walked in and forgotten to comb it before he met me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So we uh, we met the next night at the the you know the big party at the end, uh-huh. and I had harem pants on, silky harem pants. Uh-huh. And he had walked up and he's like, you know, thank you for signing my petition. We played a little game where I signed off on something to get to know you. And uh, he walked up and he's like, thank you for signing my petition. Do you want to dance? And Bruce Springsteen came on and it was a little later at night. So perhaps I was a little bit more excited and uh, kicked my leg up for my air guitar. And he ripped his tie off, he had a suit and tie on, How and fun. tied it on my thigh, tried to tie it on my thigh. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. the pants were too silky. Uh-huh. So it went around my neck. And so we talked and if you talked to James, he would say that meeting me was like a religious experience. Oh, you could feel the energy shifting. It was really cool. And so we went through the night and he was ready to go and he hadn't asked me for my number. 
And I'm like, oh, come on. Are you serious? This is like the most fascinating man. I can't just let him go. So I think that's a big thing. Like you need to just take a stand with you want to meet somebody, you ask him, right? Mm-hmm. So he wanted the tie back. I said, oh, I was going to hold it ransom until you pick me <laughs> up and buy me Do you hear how fun and flirty that is? And it not needy, right? right? That was not needy. It was fun. Learn how to be like play with this. We make it so serious. It's just, ugh. But, and that's because we put the, we make it, oh my God, if he doesn't ask me, I'll be alone for the next seven months, yes, right? Yes. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves or even in that moment. And when I said that, James will swear, I never said, buy, buy me dinner. He just heard, will you pick me up? Because yeah. he looked at me, he's like, oh my God, you've made this so easy. Have uh-huh. you seen a study on um, dating and marriage? And it said the couples that they interviewed them early on in their relationship and then later and all the couples who explained that their relationship was easy, kind of at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Stayed together. Together. And then the other people is like, oh no, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to work it. We just need to work harder. We need to, have you seen, have you seen that stuff? I haven't seen it, but I'd love to, because that's exactly what I tell people. Me too. That is a, it's we a get in our heads like, oh, relationships are so hard. You no. know, it's hard work. It's not hard work. Like some things in life are hard work, you know, like raising kids or whatever. Like sometimes right. life can be hard work, but it's easy with them. Like it's so easy. But when you have to go and say, oh my God, he said this. And you go to five girlfriends. What do you think it means? Yes. He's not your guy. Yes. When you have to start Googling his personality. Right. In a, like, not in a, like Myers-Briggs or like personality <laughs> way, but in like a, like dysfunctional, like, do you think he had this trauma? Well, if I heal this trauma, then I'll have Mr. Wonderful. Right. So you can, no. I've never seen, have you ever seen that work? Like really, truly. No. Have you ever seen some no. man like 360 just from the love of a good woman? No, he's going to only in the movies, right? But in every movie, you know, the thing that got me was um, Star is Born with Lady Gaga. Did you see that? I haven't seen that. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have this moment where she met the rock star mm-hmm. and they had a little bondy moment where they're singing together in the parking lot after hours or whatever. And he stalks her. He follows her home. He stalks her. She goes inside and her dad's like, oh my God, this here's this person here. She's like, oh, it's him. And dad's like, go put a different clothes on and go, go get that guy. And she's like, dad, he's an alcoholic. Who cares? Go get, go get this man. And to me, that was like just that moment of, I was like nauseous. Like she didn't need that. Not that there's anything, I'm not going to judge alcoholism or anything, but she even said, here is a, here's something I don't want to be involved with dad. And dad said, go get him anyways. So such a bad idea. Right. Totally great. Yeah. So if you didn't, you know, find fixer uppers, you know, how did you get 300 dates in a year? You know, talking about the classified ads, but how, like, I just started going out and meeting people. And what I learned is that women have um, an on and off sign. Mm -hmm. And when you've been hurt a lot, or you think all men are scum, or you're scared of them or whatever, you have a back off and you're like a man repellent before they even see you. And so for me, I came into a space of, since I didn't need any of them desperately, (laughs) I was to say no. Mm-hmm. Right. I just really enjoyed men. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed women too. I mean, I enjoyed talking to people at that point. And so that is huge. Yes. Say that again. I mean, I just enjoyed talking to people at that point. I just tried to meet new people. It's exactly what I did. Exactly. Right. What I did. Absolutely. Because you never know, you know, I would talk to anybody and I didn't care if they were young or old or whatever. I didn't necessarily go on dates with people who were really out of my age range. Mm-hmm. But if I'm talking to someone who is younger, and they're super sweet and smart and all that. There's always an uncle 
You know, it's like, oh, you know, you're exactly the type of guy that I would love to meet. Do you have someone 10 years older in your family? <laughs> and, and, and saying, I am looking to date, right? Yeah. Like saying that it's not broken, alone, stupid, whatever, right? Oh saying, my gosh, no. No, saying, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking for love, right? It's right? totally fine, totally appropriate. Like it's a must. Like it's not like you have to. And having that green light, church switching your head onto the green light, that's huge. Well, and I interviewed a hundred men like three mm-hmm. years ago, and I was asking them questions about this. And it was something like on a scale of one to five, how well do you know when a woman is interested in you? And it was like a 1.8 was their average. Aww. Because women don't give good green lights, right? Yeah. And with me too, you know, men are, the nice men are like pulling back a smidge because they they want to be respectful. They don't want to be in your face. So it's really on us to say, yes, I'll, and I'll chat with you. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm going to have your babies or marry you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm willing to, I'm, I'm willing to allow you to entertain me for a few moments. And we'll see where it goes from there. Give us some more data on what a green light looks like in a female. You're you're at an event, you're somewhere, you know, obviously people are, who are online dating, there's some type of green light, right? But let's say in real life, how do you channel your green light? You know, I think it's, I, I, I like to think of it like spreading sunshine. Like you were there like Johnny Appleseed and you're just simply spreading sunshine. And you come in as this person who is very, you know, they're lucky to be in their presence and you are bestowing a gift upon them to, uh, you know, just saying hello, which is a, a simple hello can be a green light, mm-hmm. a hello and a smile, bigger green light. Mm-hmm. And just, I think we put too much pressure on like, oh my God, this has got to happen. Where when you just go out and you like give this out to the world, people notice that. And they, they feel and they come up when I travel, cause I'm speaking at events, I have men run across airports to meet me still, which is hilarious. You know, it's married to over 20 years and man, they come running to ask me out and I'll call James and say, honey, I got asked out on a date. And he's like, congratulations. And he knows I say no, sure. but he's always like, you know, you can't blame a guy for having good taste. So I was at the national success summit married with a ring on mm-hmm. and there were some females there who this guy that I just met, he called them husband hunters, right? They were, had gotten the first row tickets of the Tony Robbins event. So I'm not okay. sure how much they paid for these, right? Cause I was in the, I was in the good seats, but they were in the front row seats, right? Okay. And dress. And I really, truly thought they were strippers. Like I, I think they might have been strippers. And I was like, you know, everybody there is like entrepreneurs or business people are like there for like self growth. And you see these, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like shame body shame or anything like that but it was like it was noticeably they looked noticeably different mm-hmm. than everyone else involved right and this is in nashville so you had like country singers you had like people with like even like the grunge long hair that probably made eight million dollars this year you know I mean, it wasn't as if it was just like business people in suits but they just mm-hmm. obviously stood out right and uh, you know i said who those i thought pretty you know we kind of looked at each other like when he goes, oh, those are the husband hunters. Okay. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, but every guy there was looking at my hands, right? Because I wasn't needy. I wasn't looking for a husband. You know, I didn't come across. I just was making conversation. I was happy to right. be there. I purposely went alone because then I ended up networking in a better way. Yes. Yeah. You bring your girlfriend as your safety net. We talk about wingmans, but it, wingmans are useful if they are kicking you into being more vulnerable. They are not useful as a, a hiding hiding place. Right. Totally agree. Right. But I, I think, too, um, another thing that you can do, and it's so funny to talk about that because when women are in their hunt mode, which is what we've been classically trained to do, and some women do it to an extreme, 
what happens is that desperation comes through and the guys know you're there for the wallet. You know, you're there because you want a relationship. I've heard from so many men who have said, you know what? They just want to be married. They just want to be in a relationship. They don't even know me. Mm -hmm. And she's already in love. My husband dated, um, you know, he's VP of a Fortune 200 company, tall, dark, and handsome as you, as you, and, and rich, as you said before. I'll, I'll call him all those things, right? Right. You know, and you, because you talked about that, our last thing. And, you know, he's definitely the, the, what many of my, my ladies would be looking for. You know, right. so he's a good catch, as we would say, right? And he, I think one of the biggest strategies for me is, you know, where we kind of met each other. I'd done some dating, but we met each other decently quickly after a, another relationship had ended. And, you know, I didn't have all the, I didn't have the baggage of like needing it to work out. I didn't expect it to work out. Like, I didn't think we kind of met so soon in a way I didn't think it would work. You know, I wasn't expecting. It was there for the joy. So worked my advantage, right? Because it was like, oh, I'm not expecting this to work out. So I didn't come into it with me, but he came into it with 10 years of dating. Okay. So from his 10 years of dating, when I, when I did start talking marriage, uh, about a year in, a year in, I just said, look, I got young kids. Like, where is this going? Right. Was my timeline. My grandmother had actually died. Oh, I saw God. kind of the end of her life and her legacy. And I said, my grandmother died. I was at the hospital with her when she died. And when I came to visit him, I think he was expecting to talk about my grandmother, but I was like ready to talk about like the end of my life. Like where the rest of my life was going. Like that was like, you know, and I just said, you know, where are we going? And he said, what? I thought we were going to talk about your your grandmother. And I said, well, yeah, I just need to know where this is going. And, uh, but I want you to hear me. That was a, that was a year in. I'm a huge fan of dating a year before, you know, cause like Jameson was in politics. And so when we talked about it and we knew that we were, you know, you could just tell it's going to be a lovely relationship together. And it was, and, but he was very adamant, you know, we can't get engaged. We can't do this until we go through a year together because politics has some intense seasons, Yeah, you know, what a nice thing to say, like, and so honest, Well, you know. I was teaching at the time. So I had, I had a different lifetime, you know, we, we all come with stuff when our normal rhythm. Oh, of sure. Life. Sure. And going through the holidays together. It's really right. important, right? Cause you get to see so, so much. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I'm a huge fan. I mean, people go and they, you know, just lock down right away. It's like, Oh, it's just slow down. It hardly ever works out. Right. So, so in, in my situation, we had like, we were together for one year and Oh, well, I was saying where he had had the 10 year baggage. Mm-hmm. He said, you don't want to marry me. You just want to get married because, because of the 10 other, like the 10 other right. years. And I was like, well, what, you know, I mean, I had to come, you know, deal with that. So I was like, what? No, no. And then I kind of waited another year before I eventually said, I was like, okay, I'll give him some time, right? But at, at the two-year mark, I was like, I love you. My feelings for you have not changed. My expectations for a relationship have. I have two young children. I do not want to date someone for 15 years, right? right. Like that is that is not going to be. Right. And so many people say, well, how did you get him to do it? Like, how did you get him to propose? And it's like, I wasn't lying when I said, either way, that anything past this point, I'm just going to be bitter towards you. Right. right? You were on, But you were honest. I mean, I that's honest. the thing. You were honest and you were also giving boundaries. I was giving boundaries it's and I was allowing boundary. him to be, be him. Well, and there's a huge difference between sharing a boundary and giving an ultimatum. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I, yeah, I said, this is 
no longer, I said, oh, you've been so good to me. You've been such a wonderful place in my life. I don't want to drag this out for another, another year where mm-hmm. then I'm, I meet you. But if I saw you in public right now, you know, five years down the road, I would just run up and hug you and say, oh, you know, he's just, he's been such a, he was such a wonderful person in my life. If I drag this out for another, however long, I'm going to grow bitter because then I'm not respecting my boundaries. Right. And I don't want to turn into that person. I don't want our relationship to morph into that, you know, when he was like, okay, I can't lose you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good that's kind of, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I research, I have a master's degree in research. So I research dating, like I do everything else in my life, right. you know? So, but it worked out well, obviously, uh, obviously well for you. So how do you, what advice would you give someone to keep up the energy in, if they're going on dates and meeting new people, you know, and it becomes exhausting for right. so many women. Right. Um, how do you keep it fun? How do you keep it light? How do you keep up that energy so you don't give up? Well, I would do four or five dates in an afternoon and was doing just half hours. It didn't take long to, you know, there's nothing worse than going on a first date. Good advice. Good right. advice. You Especially for high achieving women who don't have a lot of time or if you have a child situation, custody. No. So then you can get in and out in an hour from the time you leave your house to the time you're back if you do one date. Um, and it's also, it's a, like a pre-qualifying conversation. Is this person Ooh. someone I want to invest more time in? Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a that's a huge thing. Um, so I would do, I had uh, found a restaurant where there's three restaurants in the same parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I go parking lot to restaurant to restaurant to restaurant, running circles around the um, parking lot. And then I did a lot of self-care during the week, mm-hmm. you know, and just because most of these guys were nuts, right? 30 minutes in, it's like, okay, not mm-hmm. my guy. Mm-hmm. I just a great guy. Mm-hmm. I've settled before. It's not fun. Right? So, this time so if they're fun. nuts, right? One, how do you know they're nuts? And two, what advice do you give women who are trying to talk themselves out of, of the data they actually see before them? Right. Like, oh, they're nuts. They're like, oh, but, 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 but maybe he's really not. Maybe it's, maybe I did. I just imagined he was nuts. Right. Like walk us through that process for you. Well, if you, if you notice they're nuts to me, when you're doing this, if someone is pushing for a commitment, you're, you're the woman I've been looking for my entire dreams. Oh, God. Can, can we be exclusive? I've, I've known you for a half hour. I've dreamed. Oh, yeah. All of that's nuts. I mean, that it's, that's narcissistic abuser language. And Love so bombing, yeah. that, that is the typical man is not going to want to commit, might have sex. Sure thing. But want to commit? No, it is not a love story. It is not a, no, it, my parents, they dated nine days before they got engaged. It's the craziest story. You know, they're still married. Uh, but that they were like, my dad did his doctoral thesis in dating. Right. And uh, it was oh, did uh, really, he did. He did. I, I was reading yeah. marriage books in middle school. So you can imagine how proud I was to go through a divorce. Yeah. Right. Great choices. I like, <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes we get like it, one of those strategies I have now, you, you're talking about, you know, possibly getting friends and family involved in your thing. You know, I will never think I'm too good to fall for something bad and, and just recognizing in that humility um, because I kind of did before. It's like, Oh, I know I've been reading marriage books forever, you know, right. Yes. Right. No, now I, I will never um, think I'm Jesus, Mother Teresa, <laughs> oh, Gandhi, Sarah, no. all wrapped up into that. I will never, you know, I will never 
be so, I didn't think of it as cocky at the time, but, but it's pretty cocky to think you can change somebody. It is pretty yes. dang cocky. And I am my own superhero. Mm-hmm. I am not anyone else's savior. I teach you, you to save yourself. Right. 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 Absolutely. Right. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. So how, so how, any more thoughts on that resiliency? Yeah. But you know what? Another piece of it is to stay out of storyland. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's a, another flag to watch for when you start to feel like you have to justify a man's behavior. Oh, he's late, but you know, he's a big corporate hitter. Oh, he's, you know, he didn't, he didn't give me a gift, but he's busy. So whenever you start justifying with stories, it's a, he's a next. So one of the, the way I describe it is like if there's you collect data and if there's a three strikes you're out and maybe there can be a you know if you're only doing thirty minutes and you got three hundred there's a there's a one strike you're out maybe but um, give me some your feedback on that or you know sure. language around that. So for me, the, when I do the list, I have must haves. Uh-huh. Like for me, it was the cat versus dog religionism. And that was on the last video if you've not seen it. So she had a list of forty six things going into dating. Um, and on the 30 minute questions, she would try to ask questions and you'll have to go back and listen to that episode, but, um, bringing in, that's how she decided if they got a second date or not. Yes. And so with the, the list thing, I get my typical client up to about a hundred items on their list mm-hmm. and we identify what's a must have and what's a preference. Mm-hmm. And so when someone violates a must have, they're just a next. So that's where you get good at asking the discerning questions and listening and watching and noticing how they treat other people. You know, I'm a huge fan of don't just go to dinner dates, go out to different experiences and how do they treat staff? How do they, you know, if you get hurt or sick, how do they treat you? Or, you know, that's Mm -hmm. farther down the dating line, but Mm -hmm. just keeping your eyes open and and believing what they say, Mm -hmm. all of that will help you with that discernment. I love that. And I want you to hear kind of what we're saying and hear the conversations. If you heard me talking to some other dating coaches or hearing this, like there is no magic formula that does not involve you doing the work of this. Mm-hmm. There's none. There's no secret dating coach. that's like, Oh, here, let's put, I mean, even matchmakers, like I would be terribly nervous about even a matchmaker situation because you know, you have the narcissistic mother, you were aware of some abusive, but, you know, most matchmakers, they're looking for data to match you up to like boost their like 96% success rate. In, in and they're looking for the money. Let's be, let's money. be real on that too. Yeah. And they don't know everything and they don't know you on the important fit stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to become your best protector of what's important to you. And so the resilience thing, it's like, you just keep going into how you are special. You are worth it. You know, so many, I always tell my ladies, there's so many men in so little time. So you don't need to pick up someone who's only a five on a scale of one to 10 for you, because there's lots of nines and tens out there. They're just waiting for you. They're dreaming of you. They're praying for you to show up in their lives, but you can't get there until you know who you are. I love that. And I think about it almost as like being in a game of sales, right? If you knew there were 500 candidates, right? And there are 500 candidates. I hear, oh, I'm from a small town. I'm from this. I'm from that. You know, if there's 500 candidates or whatever, and you know that maybe, what'd you say, 50, like 1%, maybe, I don't know, like what, how many, how many would you say? There were 500 guys. 1% per where you live. So 1% of guys would be a fit per where you live, right? And so, yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to go back and listen to her. This is part two. <laughs> she got a second date, right? You know, so so looking up that that data about where they live um, and say, okay, there's a 1%. So within that 1%, you know, going through that mix, so you knew there was people who were good fits for you. Um, I'd love to know your question, your thought processes on like, is there... Uh, soulmates is it just like one person he would be good fit for do you think someone is like meant to be and that's your only person you know I think that's a lovely concept for other people (laughs) (laughs) I agree 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 I picked Cynthia like I got to pick like I was on a thing and I was like oh I'm looking for dating coach I got to choose I got to be selective you can see how job I did but yes Cynthia. she did a beautiful job Sarah <laughs> yes thank you thank you thank you but, but it is right it's like you know my you podcast know is-, is it's a way to get women to settle down if you want to talk about what it really is when there's the prince there's the hero there's the person who's going to save me my you know my twin flame my one heart and you think that that person might be it you stop looking you stop and analyzing is this person treating me well you you, you go for the romance which, you know, the romance is to, to numb your brain in many ways, which, you know, is, it sounds sad, but we've been taught a lot of this stuff as women, sure. you know, oh, he brought me candy. Yes. It cost him $5 and 67 cents from the local drugstore. Yeah. That is not a sign of love. And yet James will go out when he's walking my dogs and he will see a beautiful dandelion and he's brought it back and he'll say, honey, I brought you a, a, a present. I'm like a freaking weed. Uh-huh. Yeah, the first time I did this, I'm like a weed. He's like, it's like full of sunshine and so bright. And it makes me think of you. Oh, right? yes, yes, yes. Sweet. yes. There's a huge difference between that, which is affection and love and caring mm-hmm. and all that versus a first, second date who shows up with a cheap box of candy. Mm-hmm. And we're taught, oh, he brought candy or he brought, he brought me roses. Yes. They are $7 and 83 cents at Trader Joe's, you know, or, or a grocery store. So we've been taught to give our power away when somebody puts a little token of affection on us. So that whole true twin, you know, true love. I think there are people you really love. And I think we have capacity to love a lot of people. And when you date some volume and like with my clients now, most of them, 95% of them, it's 30 or less. So it's not, you don't have to do 300 like I did. I was figuring stuff out. But when you do some volume and you actually do some educated choosing, you get to choose the quality of life and the quality of fit. Very I love different. that. I love that. And in my own life, I think I am good at relationships mm-hmm. and I am checking through to see if you're a good fit for me and the life I want. And then, and not in an ugly way, like I got my own business going, right? I'm not looking right. for somebody to save me, right? right. Um, uh, I was like... Maybe I think I'm going to buy a house. Let's, let's, I want to buy a house in Miami. Like, what do I need to do to buy you a house in Miami? You know? And it's like, he's like, well, cool. You know, and rather than like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't want to work. I just want, you know, whatever. So we're talking about. But when I find I'm good at relationships mm-hmm. and I'm looking for someone else who is good at relationships. That's what, you're- what, is, what does that do? That increases the odds. <laughs> yeah. Relationships. I'm good at relationships. We right. date. We have pretty good odds of having a good relationship. Rather than just I'm looking for a soulmate. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cynthia. they don't, they don't qualify them. Yeah. Yes. You've got to qualify, qualify and next. Cynthia, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for okay. being my second date and for helping 
um, my women find love. Check her out. The Successful Women's Guide to Delicious Dating coming out February 2021. Um, And check out Cynthia Dumore. Thank you. You're welcome. Good to see you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.